This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Oh, man, I am so dehydrated. I'm about to pass out. Right. Oh, well, don't worry about it. Just power through, Glenn. Just power power through? Power through. You don't know how rigorous the campaign trail is, Pat. I know, but you don't want to have, like, water on hand. You just want to power through. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, (laughs) I yes, I've been fainting a lot lately. Uh, I, I seem to be very, very weird. But it's just that I'm dehydrated right. um, from the campaign trail. But That's once I get is. once I get into the office of the presidency, then you won't be dehydrated anymore. I will be so. You know why? That's the one place in the country where there's water. Right, and it's one also place. the one place that doesn't cause any kind of stress. Yes, right. it's a lot right. harder on the campaign right. trail than. Oh it is. yeah, you know, having the earth and the moon and the stars on your shoulders. So, let's start there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. So uh, Bill Clinton was on Charlie Rose, who did his best last night to bail him out. Oh, my gosh. Could uh, Could these guys be any more obvious in who they want to win uh, listen to Charlie Rose and Bill Clinton from last night. Doing fine. She uh, she was even better last night before she went to sleep. She had a good night's sleep. She just got dehydrated yesterday. Oh, She's, sure. Uh, uh, is that what happened? She got dehydrated? Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at that collapse, that video that was taken, you wonder if if it's oh, not yeah. more serious No, no. She, than dehydration. She's no. been... Uh, well, if it is, it's a mystery to me and all of her doctors. Rarely, but on more than one occasion over the last many, many years, the same sort of things happened to her when she just got severely dehydrated. I see. Uh, and I see. She's worked like a demon, as you know, as Secretary uh, of State. We know. And, as a senator and <laughs> in the well, years since. she is since. a demon. But she's, she's on a grueling campaign. Yeah. <laughs> this is so amazing. <laughs> worked like a demon, and as she's Pat pointed like out. And she is a demon. Right. So, <laughs> so. Uh, she worked like a demon, being a senator and Secretary of State. So the good news is she's scaling down the job. Right. She's not. She's, gonna, she's looking for something with a little less stress. <laughs> Uh, in her life. And then he said, you know, she's, and so she's been working like a demon and she's been on, you know, the campaign trail and, or she, no, he, she's been senator and then secretary of state. And then Charlie Rose says, and you know, the campaign trail is very, yes, that's right, the campaign trail too. Yeah. It's crazy. A little help. I know what that's like. And she's I do. older than you were I when do. you ran. And she's had two and a half 
she had two and a half hard days before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the day when she got dizzy. Today she made a decision, which I think was correct, uh, to cancel her campaign day. Right. To take one more day to rest. Is it possible that she will be away for weeks from the campaign trail? No. Not a shot. <laughs> I'll be lucky to hold her back another day. Okay. Oh, so funny. I'll be lucky to hold her back another day. She's ready. And you know what's amazing is he's doing now what she did for him. Yeah. Right? At this, about this time in his campaign, she was on 60 Minutes going, look, I love him and we have, we have no problems and we all... You know, we we all every marriage has every problems. Marriage problems but we've worked all ours out. Ours are all fine. She's she was doing for him what he's doing for her now. That's, that doesn't sound like House of Cards. To oh my me. gosh, it's straight totally. Out of House of Cards. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced that House of Cards is about the Clinton. It certainly feels like it. it. Sure I mean, does. it just feels like the Clinton. Yeah. Um, but, but you guys didn't, of course. Uh, and this is typical of, of what you do is not address the <laughs> real issue. Okay. The yeah. Real source yeah. of all right. intense tension. It is typical. Yes, okay. We typically try not to address that. Right. We don't want any of that. I'm glad. I don't want any of that. The truth does not live here. I'll tell you. No, it does not. And it has an agenda. It does. The truth It does have an agenda here. The real issue. Yes. Is chronic dehydration exacerbated by her lung problem and Clinton's reluctance to drink water, which has become a source of tension with her staff. Damn it, Hillary! Drink water! By all that is holy! Please drink water! I could just hear that conversation going well, on. They have the quote. Serious contention. Yeah. Yeah. She won't drink water. <laughs> and you try telling Hillary Clinton she has to drink water. Okay, I will. Said a person in her orbit who described a frenzied rehydration mission that included multiple bottles of water and Gatorade. Is she so fat now she has an orbit? Oh, friend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't think she that kind of I, I wouldn't necessarily wow. be saying those things because things are sliding off their desk towards you. I know. I know, but nobody's talking about my orbit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I love how they, they make this out to be this big thing. Like, there's this internal fighting. Aides are at each other's throats trying to get her to drink water. She just won't do it. She needs to drink water. I mean, this is... That, uh, can I tell you something? It's absurd. If the woman wants to be president of the so United stupid. States, you drink water. Yeah, that's... Uh, yes. You drink water. If that's the problem, right. you drink freaking water. You drink it. It's just obviously not the problem. And this is, yet, this is like attempt number 77 to spin this uh-huh. into something else. And this is why nobody believes it. And it's why every conspiracy theory works on the Clintons. Everyone that anyone throws out there, everyone believes because they just lie every single time. And this every is ludicrous. Lie. You can't get her to drink water when she has this problem when she's dehydrated? And she's trying to be president she's so, of the United States? She's so reckless she should not be president. Right. That's right. I mean, if you can't get her to drink water yeah. to keep herself going, then she's too reckless to be president of the While United States. While she has pneumonia? Too. I mean, right, like, yeah. so she's got pneumonia and she won't drink any water and no one can make her drink water. She is a man. She is a man. That sounds like something a man would do. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like, and your wife would be going, you've got to drink some water. I know. I'm fine. I'm fine. It, she sound, it sounds like something a man would do. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Did you see the picture of her walking away from the... The, the 9-11 man. 
you know, memorial. Towards the van. Towards the van. Right. Who is she walking with? Do you know? I don't. Yeah. Uh, some one aide? Her, one, of her, one of the people in her orbit. Her, yes. Yeah. Her doctor. Oh, really? Her doctor. See the woman in the oh. black dress. I didn't know that was her doctor. Okay, oh, that's yeah. her doctor. Now, um, wow. Uh, and she's walking with her doctor. See if you can find any other pictures. There's another picture of her from the other side that they took where she is standing there. And um, now her doctor is the woman in the black dress in front of the woman in the black dress. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's a woman right next to Hillary. right next to Hillary. And if you see, she is walking down uh, uh, away to the van. She has her hand pressed against her heart, which they're speculating now that this is Parkinson's because that is a way to stop your hand from shaking as you push it against your heart. And she does it a lot. Um, And so her hand is against her heart. And then also there's another picture from the front where Hillary is holding, Stu, pretend you're Hillary and I'm the doctor. This is what the picture looks like. Grab my two fingers, okay? So she's like this to Hillary. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that? Anybody know? It's a neurological test. It's a neurological test. Yeah. Squeeze my fingers. Squeeze my fingers as hard as you can. Okay, now I'm not just saying that not you didn't do that, but if that's your squeeze, boy, you're a... <laughs> Three-year-old girl, but um, you told me you just—you were in the middle of telling me not to squeeze your finger. Well, if that's what you heard, is that what you guys heard? No, that. that's no, not what I heard. Not what America it's heard. Not, I, you what just said you've got deep neurological deep, problems. Deep problems. And I, like, can I tell you something? Need to get checked. I just did. I'm a doctor, man. That's true. I'm a doctor. So I should have taken that opportunity to break both. Of- <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're saying now that that was a neurological test. She's there's something going on with her, and it's not just. Oh yeah, it's 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 that's not dehydration. No. It's ludicrous. They come up with the most preposterous lies that because she- they've always worked. Yeah, and they're they're just not now because nobody likes her. If it was Bill, I think this would work. Oh, okay, he's dehydrated. Sure, that's fine. And it would work because people Somewhat, like him. Yes. Somewhat. I mean, the media likes him. Somewhat. They don't like her. L- play the Charlie Rose again. Uh, tell me that he doesn't like them. All right. Doing so, fine. She, um, she was even better last night before she went to sleep. She had a good night's sleep. She just got dehydrated yesterday. She yeah, just, that's all. That's uh, is that what happened? She got dehydrated yeah, yeah. because when you look at that collapse, that video that was taken... You wonder if, if it's not more serious no, no, it's no, not. No, than dehydration. She's been, uh, well, if it is, it's a mystery to me and all of her doctors. Rarely, but on more than one occasion over the last many, many years, the same sort of things happened to her when she just got severely dehydrated. Mm. Uh, and she's worked like a demon, as you know, as Secretary of State and... As a senator, and in the years since, she's but more importantly, it. she's on a grueling campaign. Oh, thank yeah. you, Charlie. Oh, you know mean, tell me like. he doesn't. And more like importantly, it. she's. Yeah. On I mean, a grueling tell me that they really don't like her. <laughs> of course, it's weekend at Bernie's, like and he he's does. like, and I just talked to him last night, and he seemed fine. He was quiet, sure, <laughs> but he seemed fine he's to good me. Spirits. He's good been on a spirits. grueling campaign. He's not as angry as he used to be. Um, <laughs> he did look a little peaked. He was a little frigid. 
But that's uh, just but dehydration. It's just he's been out in the cold for, I'm sure he was in the freezer for a while for some reason. We tried to get Bernie to drink some water. He just <laughs> won't, won't do it. it. <laughs> he won't drink it. Um, play Anderson Cooper. Now, this is the interview with Hillary last night on Anderson Cooper. Secret. Well, I, I, I just didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. Uh, you know, I know Chuck said today he didn't tell anybody. It's just the kind of thing that if it happens to you and you're a busy, active person, sure. uh, you keep moving forward. And, you know, I think it's fair to say, Anderson, that people know more about me than almost anyone in public life. Uh, do that. Uh, they've got Stop for a second. 40 years of my tax returns. And- I think this is true. We know her better yeah. than anyone else in public life. Yeah. And that's why you're having these problems, exactly Hillary. Why. Because we know who you are. It may take us. It may have taken us a while. Even her biggest supporters know how corrupt she is. Oh, big, big, big corruption. And they talk about it openly. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a vote for Hillary is a vote for Kane, and her supporters are hoping that's true. Mm-hmm. Her supporters are like, I'm good with Kane. You good with Kane? Tim Kane is great. I like she Tim. Even Kane. want to be president if she's this sick. Well, I mean, that's what I said yesterday. Wouldn't you want to be with your grandchildren? Wouldn't you want to be with your, you know, if you have Parkinson's, wouldn't you want to play out the rest of your life with your children and your grandchildren? Yeah. And I mean, I think the, the, her answer to this would be, I don't have Parkinson's. Correct. I know that. I know that. So, I mean, I'm using that as a case of, I can't believe that she's seriously ill. Right. Because why would you do that? But then again, yeah. With the things we know about the Clintons, they're just greedy and power hungry enough to maybe be those kinds of people. I don't know. Right. Go again, go back to House of Cards. Are they they, yes. right. they running out their, their final days with their grandchildren? No yeah. way. That's right. the last no. thing in the world they're thinking about. Right. And you're right. I mean, I know that's a fictionalized version, but th- it, that, I that tell you that attitude applies. If here. you've not watched House of Cards, you'll be amazed how brutal because they're a Democratic couple. It's not a Republican couple. Right. It's a husband and wife. And I, I watch that show and think, I can't believe Hollywood is making this about the Clintons. I mean, it really seems at least based loosely on yeah. the Clintons. That's it. Thousands of emails, a detailed medical uh, letter report, all kinds of personal details. And, you know, it's just so, uh, it's so strange that <laughs> with all of that information out there mm-hmm. and as soon as it became clear I couldn't power through. Uh, we, uh, you know, we said what was going on. Yeah, but when you, uh, but when Trump you, is the, no, well, sorry, you when you left, your, when you left your daughter's apartment, you said you were feeling great. Obviously, you. I did. I felt I, I felt really good, um, but that didn't mean that I shouldn't rest. And so, when I, uh, you know, I did. I felt. I mean, I felt a hundred percent better. But doesn't your handling of this in your campaigns, you know, their refusal to acknowledge what happened until really after that video was circulated, confirm the suspicion of some voters that you're not transparent or or trustworthy? Oh, my goodness, Anderson. You know, compare everything you know about me with my opponent. Uh, I think it's time he met the same level of disclosure that I have for years. Mm. Oh my! So they're both doing this, oh by the way. Like you know, this morning Kellyanne Conway was on one of the shows, and it's the same. It's the same thing. They just all they do is talk about the other person. Nobody wants to talk about their own candidate in this freaking race. It's unbelievable. Oh my goodness, Anderson! <laughs> do you notice how Anderson did it though? I mean, he was asking. He's like, I mean, wouldn't you say that? I mean, you haven't been transparent or trustworthy. <laughs> 
All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about American Financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Falling into debt happens. Maybe your roof won't survive another winter. Maybe you lost your job. Um, Maybe you've just gotten behind for several months. If you feel like you're in the hole and you're not sure how to get out, call American Financing. Let them consolidate your high-interest debt into one manageable monthly payment. Interest rates right now are all-time low, and it's a great time to refinance and consolidate your debts. Lowering your interest rate can save you as much as $500 to $1,000 every single month. American Financing, their mortgage consultants are salary-based. They specialize in solutions and not counting commissions. They're not on commissions. So they're not trying to get you into some, you know, some banking package. They want to find the one that works for you. You want to buy a home? Refinance? Take advantage of the low interest rates? Don't wait. Call them now. AmericanFinancing.net, 866-750-6551, 866-750-6551. America's home for home loans is AmericanFinancing.net. <laughs> Program Mercury. The last time you purchased your mattress, you were also paying for things you didn't know. You're paying for the showroom, you're paying for the guy's salary who helped you, the commissions, and the reseller's profit. Casper Mattress has changed all of that. They sell directly to you. That's why the most comfortable mattress you have ever slept on is going to save you a ton of money. Cost you much less than the mattress you bought years ago. Casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need. Also, Time Magazine, because of this, named it one of the best inventions of 2015. And your Casper mattress ships free and is delivered in a small, kind of really, honestly, how did they do that kind of box? Tanya and I have a Casper mattress, and we love it. Try one in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund every single penny. And right now, you can get $50 off of the purchase of any mattress by visiting casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com slash Glenn. is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Let's go to Aaron in Colorado. Hello, Aaron. (laughs) Hey, Glenn. How are you? Very good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, I was just calling to uh, point out, which uh, I guess a few other people may have already, but uh, how remarkably similar this is to the uh, Woodrow Wilson presidency, and it's uh, exactly Mm -hmm. a century ago that he was uh, elected into office. Oh, yeah. This uh, this election cycle. Mm. It's it's it is absolutely remarkable how at the end of his career, how they did pretty much this. Um, Now, he had a stroke. We're not saying that she had a stroke, but they hid it from the public for two years. It it was remarkable what happened. And Uh, and then here we are. Then the the real truth doesn't come out till yeah, 45 years later from uh, from some children of the doctor's. Yeah. I mean, that was just a stroke, though. Hillary Clinton will not drink water. Right. She will not do it. <laughs> they can't get her to. Aaron, they're trying to get her to drink. 
Yeah. This, <laughs> this is like a smart form. They don't know what they, they don't know what they're talking about. I know that water <laughs> thing is a myth. Thank you very much, Aaron. This is like the decathlon. It's that difficult. Their aides just trying to get her to take one sip, a drop of water. They're trying so hard, Glenn. So you know what doctors do when you have a patient like that? You jam a needle in their arm well, and you hydrate them with uh, yes. IV. Especially when you're going to be on the campaign trail. She's had this history of it. I mean, admittedly, from Bill, she's had this problem. Right, and from Bill when? From Bill yesterday. Yesterday. Not, we know so much about, for all this time this has gone on, everyone's been asking about her health. She supposedly has disclosed so much. She's the most transparent person ever. Yet we find out yesterday Yesterday. she's got a a, a history of of falling over in the middle of public events. We also found out something else yesterday from Bill. Yeah, I mean... Uh, in that interview, Clinton, uh, Bill answers, uh, I'd be a surprise to all her doctors. It wasn't, it would be a surprise to her, her doctor. Right. It'd be a surprise to all her doctors. Um, I guess Charlie forgot to, you know, come back with, how many doctors does she have? I mean, how many doctors does she really have? I mean, how many doctors I does she need? Well, I mean, a team. Yeah. She probably has a pra- general practitioner and then specialist for every ailment. Right. Well, Parkinson's that would be the doctors. point. If you have right, if you have a GP because you're sick, because okay. you've got an allergy or something like that. But it sounds to the, me, if you've, you've got, got a doctor team that, of doctors, you've been searching for something. You got the doctor that travels with you, right? We saw her with her, and that's not that necessarily means, abnormal. No, it is not. But Bill doesn't say that. Be a surprise to her doctor, right? Be a surprise to all her all her doctors. Come on now, come on. <laughs> You have like a th- you've got to have a thousand doctors. I mean, everyone. Yeah, but I don't. I don't necessarily. No, and he's and he's the one who fills the prescriptions and writes the prescriptions himself. <laughs> I'm sure. So, doctors I don't need those thinking doctors. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. We go to James. Hello, James. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Welcome. Thank you. How are you, uh, sir? I'm on the air. Yes, you are. Glenn, uh, I watched your program last night. I've been watching you. I've had this for about five years, and I've watched your program since then. I watched, uh, listened to you about five years before that on radio, uh, and that was the shortest program I can ever remember in my life. Which I mean, one? I looked at my watch and couldn't believe it was past eight thirty. And here, I mean, I couldn't believe it was past you know uh, half hour, and it was fifty five minutes. <laughs> uh, and, and you're talking about uh, you're talking about which the um, uh, special last night on September eleventh? Yeah, the new program. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We we have worked very very hard. You're going to like 
watch all week and next week because we have several things that are premiering I, in the I, next couple of days. I try not to miss your show. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, it, James. I want, if you, I want um, to tell you something, man. I'm oh, 82 I'm sorry, years go ahead. old. I'm just I'm, losing I'm you. Go ahead. And um, your program has been a tremendous help for me. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, James. Have a great day. You too. Um, Thank you. If, uh, if you haven't seen the, um, uh, the new fall season, starts uh, started last night. Tonight, something uh, brand new called The Think Tank. Then tomorrow is his story, where we start with Tesla and Edison. It's a two-part special. Uh, next week, we premiere The Vault. We're trying to do a lot of history specials, um, so you can uh, get, a, get a handle on, um, on history and correction of history. Uh, and I think you're really going to love it. So check it out, 5 o'clock, only on the Blaze TV. Jason is uh, with us. He is Jason Batrill is uh, one of uh, my um, researchers. He's a uh, foreign affairs military kind of expert. Um, full disclosure here, because it, it applies to this, he was also one of my protectors. He worked for um, Gavin DeBecker and Associates for a long time uh, and um, was one of my protectors for several years has protected, and I don't even know who, because he's got confidentiality agreements, but um, can you even say, were, were, did you ever, were, you, were you ever working on any campaigns or anything like that, Jason? I have worked on a pretty high-level campaign. Okay. Just can't say who. Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, I, I brought Jason in because um, of what happened yesterday, and there is an interesting take from a protector and somebody who would know the Secret Service uh, and also just the way protectors handle situations. What do you think about Hillary Clinton and the way things were handled? I got to tell you, I thought this whole health thing was just kind of a load of crap, really, uh, to be honest, just first listening to it I, uh, or over the past few weeks. I thought that up until I saw the video where it showed her go down and lose consciousness, um, like you said, I've worked in uh, multiple high-level security details, including yours, um, and a campaign. I know, and, and, the, and the security protocols and standards are all the same. Um, they all learn from the same people. They come from the Secret Service, State Department, all the way down to high-level private companies like the one I worked for. So all these are the same. Um, the moment a client or protectee goes down, loses consciousness, there are no ifs, ands, or buts. You go straight towards the hospital. No matter what, if, I, if you were taking me... If I went down lost consciousness, if that would have happened to me, yeah. I get in the van and I'm like, Jason, Jason, I'm fine. I'm fine. We don't need to go to the hospital. Please don't go to the hospital. What do you do? I'm sure you're fine, sir, but we've got it covered. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but, but his daughter's apartment is right there, right around the corner. Yeah, my daughter's right apartment there. is right there. Please, I don't need to go to the hospital. You would go to a trauma one facility, which means that they're prepared to handle anything. You go straight there, no matter what. And they would have had at least three backup plans with a full emergency room ready to go. They would already have staff pre-positioned at those places just waiting for you. Just waiting for you. And it doesn't have to be a public arrival. That you could, we could get you there, take you into, the, uh, into a parking garage or whatever. In, were you with me in Israel? No, but I know the story. Yeah. yeah. So, it, so I went down because of exhaustion. I went down in Israel and um, uh, passed out, never passed out before in my life, passed out in my hotel room uh, going to answer the door for, uh, for David Barton. And David walked in. He said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm fine. Boom. And I passed out. Next thing I know, 
my security detail is on top of me, bringing me back. And um, uh, one of them was on the phone, I think, with the prime minister's office, mm. saying, we got to get him to the hospital. We're going to take him out the back, and we can't be seen going into the hospital. So here I am, a low-level guy. I'm not Hillary Clinton. And the guys took me down the stairs and took me into a, uh, an ambulance, got out, went to a part of the hospital that was shut down, and they opened the hospital up so I could go into the hospital so no one would know we were even there. Yeah. Now, that's me. What could, what could Hillary Clinton do? I tell you what, we would have said we wanted to go now. We wanted to make we we don't care if this is public. Whatever we have to go now. But the only way we would have maybe changed our mind, I, I guarantee you, there was a backup plan in place where there was a parking garage, some place where you could make a transfer, very you know secretly, really close by, where they would have put her in a different car. If this is if they wanted to, you know, really fool everyone and make this private, and they would have made a switch in a parking garage, then went to the hospital. So there's multiple ways to do this in an emergency. When I saw this video, I was like, this is not. Uh, this this is something that they're managing. Yeah. They've been managing this. It's a medical condition, probably serious, that they're very used to handling. Um, just the, I mean, just take, Why do you say that? Take, for instance, uh, okay, so like, you know, Mary. Like when I was on your security detail, Mary, she Why every not? once in a while has your daughter. Every once in a while she'll have seizures. Um, if, if someone, like let's say if you just had a seizure, you went down, had a seizure, Bam, you'd wake up in the hospital. You'd be like, oh, guys, I didn't need to do this. But I'm sorry, sir, you know, for your, you know, for your. We don't, you've never had a seizure before. <clears throat> right. If you'd never had it before, bam, you're going. Now, it, let's, but say for Mary, we were used to it because we had, you know, we're managing, you know, the situation. We have a protocol in place to deal with it. We'd still say, Mary, you should probably go to the hospital. But both you and Mary would say, you know, there's something we're dealing with, you know, and the, and the details dealing with it. So, you know, we wouldn't take her to the hospital in that case. But in that case, it's something that we're used to. It's something that we've been dealt with. We have a system in place to deal with it. So what if the doctor, because we know now that she had her personal doctor at her side, which how many, how many politicians, how many details do, did you work on when you had your personal physician at, your si- at their side? I've only worked on one, but they never had a doctor on their side. Okay. So um, she had her doctor on her side. The doctor is in the van with if the doctor says, we don't need to go to the hospital, I have this under control, would that change your mind? If the doctor said we don't need to go to the hospital? Yeah. Um, that, would prob- that would be up to the detail leader at that point because it's on him. Her life and death is on him. So he could override that doctor. I don't even know who that doctor is. So he could override that doctor and say, no, we're going. I'm, I don't care. I'm sorry. But you have to be in a trauma facility. Um, the Secret Service does not answer to her. Exactly. Yeah, it's that their life and death instantly. It becomes it's on that detail leader. So it's it's completely on him. If she goes down and dies in the next five minutes, it's it's right on his butt. So he, it literally, yeah, like if I was her detail leader, I, I don't even I don't care who this other doctor is. I don't care who she is. You know, I don't answer to her. She's going straight to the hospital regardless. But that's if I mean that's if it was a surprise. If it was a surprise, and look at her, she she collapsed and she was unconscious. And you're right, this has happened well, this, multiple times. The way they circled yes, they the were, wagons, man. It, yeah, they, they knew what was going on. They knew what right to there. do, and so, they didn't go to the hospital. So tell me about the Secret Service agent that has come out and said um, is trying to say, hey, I didn't mishandle. In fact, let me see. Um, uh, I, we did not break protocol with the uh, handling of her exit. Now, um, tell me about her exiting the 
Chelsea's apartment all by herself. Uh, just going out there, a lot of people are saying, well, Pat did yesterday too. How could she? She look at she doesn't have anybody with her. Um, how could they let that happen? So that was so staged. That was so staged and prepared. Um, the, she could very well walk out on her own. I'm, so this, I'm sure the Secret Service had that scene prepped very well. Um, there's multiple different ways where you know, you know, a lot of times when, when presidents make these surprise exits, the people they're that you see surprised. around, they they are not people that just go, oh, you know, right place at the right time. Most of those people are like either staffers or they're people that they trust and they know. Not all of them, but most of the people that are up in the front, they had that very well prepared. The little girl that ran out. I mean, I'd love to know who that little girl was, but that was just oh so perfect. I mean, oh. it, didn't, it, didn't it almost seem like Russian propaganda? <laughs> yes, it did. I mean, it really, I mean, it was like the little girl coming out in the little Edelweiss outfit, you know, with the, <laughs> with the Edelweiss flowers going, oh, oh, my Führer, we just love you so much. You look at that and video. It's just after, like, aha, uh-huh, that, that, that was spontaneous. Oh, yeah. After Hillary turns around and takes the picture with the little girl, Hillary turns and walks away, and the little girl just stands there waiting for the uh, directive of, should I go now, or can I just stand here some more? Did the Secret Service waiting for it? Did, he, did the agent say he didn't break protocol with when they left the 9/11 memorial or when she walked out of Chelsea's apartment? Uh, let's see here. Um, in all the confusion surrounding yesterday's health scare, Washington Post reported originally and then revised that none other than the Secret Service broke its own protocol in the confused, stunned context of Hillary's early departure from Ground okay. Zero. WAPO uh, brought attention to the widely circulated video of the nominee's departure in the ceremony um, where she was buckling and stumbling into her uh, as her security deal helps her into detail, helps her into the black van. Citing two former Secret Service agents who reviewed the video, the detail clearly had to rush and did not expect Clinton to leave at that time. They said the service generally prefers for the protected individual not to wait for a car to arrive, although that has happened before in the video. Clinton is leaning against the uh, bollard as the black van pulls up. More importantly, uh, the WAPO, which recently recanted its uh, accusation that anyone who inquires into Hillary's health is a right-wing conspiracy theorist, writes that it is also unusual for a detail leader to leave the protected individual's side as a Secret Service agent, Todd Madison, is seen doing in the video, to open the van's doors. Opening the van typically left to another agent. But because of the rushed nature of the departure, one of the former agents said, another rule of Secret Service protection appears to have been carrying through the day. Whoever's closest to the door must open it. The incident also raised questions about Clinton's traveling pool of reporters, which she left behind at Ground Zero when she departed and left the press with no knowledge about her whereabouts for 90 minutes. A lot of inaccuracies there. The security detail leader does not, he's typically not the body guy. So he's managing the detail from, from elsewhere, so he can do whatever he wants. Uh, so a few inaccuracies there. But um, what, the, what, in, what pops into my head instantly there is he said, well, look, we didn't break protocol. That's exactly right, and that's a big clue right there. So the protocol, the moment your principal goes down, straight to the hospital. That's protocol. Now, if you did not break that protocol, that means your protocol was to manage an, an ongoing medical situation issue that we know about. So he's probably telling directly the truth right there. Look, we didn't break protocol. That means she has an ongoing situation. It seems very obvious, very clear. Jason, as always, good. Thank you very much. You bet. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you need to sell your house, you want a real estate agent that you can trust, an agent that will tell you the real truth and will actually do what is necessary to get your home sold. There's nothing worse than sitting on your home and trying to sell it 
and nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens. And that's because your real estate agent isn't the right one. That's why we started realestateagentsitrust.com. Our goal is to connect you with an agent who can actually help you sell your home as quickly as possible for the best price possible. One of the things that um, is required when we find these agents, the first thing is, are you a fan of the show? Um, And not because we just want them to listen to the show, but we have found that people who listen to the show just have different ethics. They have different, um, different, just different ways of, uh, of leading their life, a higher standard perhaps. Um, uh, and they believe in integrity and they want cowboy contracts. They want somebody just to look them in the eye and say, this is what it's going to be and shake hands on it. And that's the way it is. These are the people that we have as real estate agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. Agents who are just like you and houses who have been sitting on the market for months are now selling and people are able to finally take that burden off of their shoulders. So get moving now. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com where our individually selected agents will work to earn your business. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I will tell you, it's, uh, what is pretty remarkable is how everybody in the press kind of came up with their own phraseology. You know, Hillary got on yesterday, or, or Bill did, and he said, well, Bill and Hillary, it was weird because they both said that, you know, she was just powering through this. And uh, th- a lot of people found different words to describe what happened. Yeah. She made a determination with her doctor that she would power through this. She made a decision to just power through this. We've decided to <laughs> power through sometimes, just power through this. Continue to, to power through. <laughs> yes, she tried to power through it. She decided to power through it. Well, you know, Brooke, <laughs> she just wanted to power through. She just wanted to power through her schedule. So she wanted to just power through and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all senator. of her desire mm-hmm. to, to power through. To power through and get things done. She tried to power through it. It was Hillary Clinton's decision essentially to power through a candidate who famously wants to power through these things. She's going to try and power through. We say when you get a cold, just power through, power through. They thought she could power through. They thought she could power through. They thought uh, that she could power through it. Wants to power through things. That too, the the powering through. Governor uh, Jennifer Granholm said women just power through these things. And I get it. Mm. I try to power through all my illnesses. Hillary Clinton had a very busy day on Friday and she powered through that day. Mm. Yet she She powered through. Powering through illness is what women do every day. She continued powering through. Uh, I think about mothers uh, powering through. I mean, she powered through that week. I'm going to power through. That was that was that was her way. That was that's her that's her way to that's, you know just kind power of through. Like, power just through. I, famously, uh, if I might say. Yeah. Well, she is the most famous. Well, she's a mother, through. and mothers power through. Like if you get a cold, you power through. She's powering through, especially on the right grueling now, campaign trail. Powering, powering through it, and it's, it's a powerful, admirable person. the the diversity of thought. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it is not. I will tell you the good thing about American free press is it is free, and there is no, there's not a lemming among them. Well, you have no, this right. situation where the surrogates are like, I don't, I can't go on TV and say that. And you know what they say to them? 
power, power through. through. <laughs> power through that. Power through that. And I'm glad to see that the media is powering through this scandal with such an open uh, and questioning mind. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America. This week, the anniversary of the 9-12 movement. We continue our serial on the history of our community. But first, Jonah Goldberg joins us to discuss life after the election. You know, it's amazing. This week we are celebrating uh, or remembering 9-11. I'm celebrating 9-12, that that opposite day of 9-11. We were afraid one day, we were strong, and we were good to each other. The next day, almost the negative uh, opposite, if you will, of 9-11. Yesterday, I looked at the calendar and I realized that the day after the election is 11-9. We can use 11-9 and say, we're going to make it a disaster and we're going to tear each other apart. Or the day after the election, we can be the opposite and start to come back together it'll be our choice jonah goldberg will comment on that as we begin right now of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Jonah Goldberg, we want to talk a little bit about uh, coming together, but I've got to get his thoughts first off, Jonah, of this health scare of Hillary Clinton. Uh Yeah, so, well, first of all, great to be here, Glenn. Always a pleasure. Uh, we should do this more often. Um, the health scare, well... I really couldn't care less that she's got pneumonia. People get pneumonia. People get sick. The problem is, is how she handled it. Um, you know, if, let's just imagine if on Friday after she got her diagnosis, she said, hey, everybody, it turns out that that cough um, turned into a mild case of walking pneumonia, and I got to deal with it. And if she still went to the 9-11 thing, the story would be she gave it her best effort because she wanted to show her respects, but then, you know, she was dehydrated and she just couldn't make it through, and it would be no big deal. But instead, I mean, these guys at the Clinton campaign, and for 25 years they've been doing this, that whenever they have the opportunity, it's like they turn on the smoke machines. Yes. So everyone thinks there's fire. And look, and sometimes there is fire. I think she's an incredibly corrupt, dishonest person. I think she's done bad things. I think the foundation and the server and all those things are legitimate real stories but the the problem is is that the clintons particularly hillary have always been very very paranoid they hate the mainstream media i know a lot of conservatives think that's weird because the mainstream media always seems like it's in the tank for the clintons and it often is but they actually hate the media and they think the media is unfair to them and out to get them and 
So if you're, if, if you're living a fearful, paranoid life, you do things in a way that seem really silly and paranoid and fearful, and you think you must, you must have something to hide. And I think this is one of these examples where it was, uh, it was just such, so badly handled. And I think the people who so were like, you know, the, the, I think we talked about this last week, you know, this idea that somehow her cough last week was proof that she had a brain tumor, you know, it makes <laughs> no sense. Um, but it, However, I, I have to tell you, it, the, and, and I, I said this yesterday, they have caused their own problems. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and they have a long history of avoiding the truth at all costs. And so when I see uh, Bill Clinton last night talking about, well, look, you know, it's be a surprise to me. I thought he's doing what she did for him in 1992. Sitting down with 60 Minutes and saying, you know, our relationship is great. And we forgive, we've, uh, you know, he had one problem and we've fixed that. They, this is the way they've operated. And so how do you get to the truth with them? How do we know she doesn't have Parkinson's or something else? Oh, if, we don't. Look, I, she may have all of those things. And maybe right. she, you know, maybe the problem is it's sort of like if you're a mob boss and you've got 10 bodies buried underneath your club. You don't want the health inspector to come in, you know, know, and it's not because you're trying to hide that you're storing meat improperly or that your refrigerator is not cold enough. It's that you don't want people to discover the truth. So maybe she is hiding something and she should come clean and release her medical records. And the whole conversation last week about how any talk about her health is sexist was so mind-numbingly dumb. Right. Or conspiracy uh, theorists. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, some sucking journalism school seminars have been, on, have been talking about how the presidential candidate's health is a legitimate subject since FDR fooled the country um, about, you know, his polio. Oh, come uh, on, it, Jonah. I expect better from you. The man who first taught me to hate Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But, the, I'm not, yes. but the, the press cared about it after FDR, you know. Yes, but, yes. But anyway. Um, okay, so um, Jonah, uh, how is this going to affect the election? Do you think? Um, I think, first of all, yeah, we don't know how much more there is there. So, like, if she does have serious health problems or if she collapses again, then I think it's a really, really big deal. But if, let's assume that that their story is close to accurate and that she just has <laughs> pneumonia and that she's going to get over it. Um, I still think it, it has legs insofar as um, it, re, you know, it, it reinforced the sense that she's not honest and trustworthy and that she plays games with the truth. And that, that is bad for her going forward. Really bad. Um, but nothing new there, no. actually. No. Um, I, I actually wonder if it's not going to help with her supporters because I know a lot of her supporters that want to vote for her and have to hold their nose. They hate her so much. And I think, you know, I can hear some of them saying, you know, a vote for Hillary is actually a vote for Kane. So <laughs> <laughs> he might be the president. I lo- there was an item in the New York Times today about how this, the sickness comes at a bad time because she was planning on uh, a series of speeches that was going to reintroduce herself to the American public. Hillary Clinton has been reintroducing herself 
the American public for 30 years. We don't like her. They just don't, people just don't like her. That's just yeah. it. You know, yeah. and the Hillary 5.0, Hillary 6.0, it's, right. it's, it's moving the same bad meal into yeah. different parts of the plate. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. Um, all right. Let me let me switch topics. And we tried to get into this with you last week and we ran out of time. Yeah. Um, let me give you two scenarios. The first scenario, um, and I think both scenarios are horrendous and I believe you believe the same thing. But yeah. I don't want to talk about the actual, I don't want to talk about uh, the politics and uh, the actual election. I want to talk to you about eleven nine, the day right. after the election. Um, we have people now promising to never, ever forget. And when it comes to people like Bannon and Trump, uh, they mean that. They will spend the rest of their life uh, trying to destroy anybody who stood against Donald Trump. Um, we have such division in our country right now and in the conservative movement that I don't even know what it means anymore. What does the party do the day after the election and in the next year? Let's say, first scenario, Donald Trump loses. What happens? Well, I, in a lot of ways, things are much easier if Donald Trump loses, um, with one caveat, which I'll get to. If Donald Trump loses, we know how to stand in unified opposition to Hillary Clinton. Yes. We know how to stand in unified opposition to sort of the liberal agenda. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean that she won't get bad things accomplished. doesn't mean it won't be a bad thing for the country and all the rest. But the conservative movement knows how to run those plays and make those arguments. Um, and Hillary Clinton, who will have zero mandate, right? Her mandate will have been fulfilled day one because she'll be not Donald Trump. Right. Um, will actually have an enormous incentive to do some stuff to reach across the aisle. And it'll be interesting to see how conservatives respond to that. Do they slap the hand away? or? Is but I don't mean, Jonah, I don't even mean how do we deal with Hillary. I mean how do we deal with each other. Does the, does the GOP survive? Um, does, does, the, does the Mike Lee, Ted Cruz um, uh, side, the more libertarian or more constitutional, do they start to grow or do the Bill Crystals of the world step back in and slap that hand away? Um, what, what happens? Look, I mean, so that, this sort of gets to the caveat that I wanted to mention, is that I, I take it as a given now, until someone proves otherwise, that if Donald Trump loses, his plan B is to start a television network. Yes. And if he does that, he and, you know, has Bannon in charge, or Bannon is part of the philosophy of it, yeah. Their goal is to destroy the conservative movement in the Republican Party and replace it with something sort of nationalistic that is sort of a European-style nationalistic <sighs> movement. And Scary. I don't want any part of that, but I think that's what they're going to do. And that means we're just going to have to have a big argument. Because, you know, it, it, in, in intellectual terms, when you're dealing with, with an existential foe that wants to get rid of you and replace you and take over um, – your, your, your position in the political culture, you got to beat them. You can't just sort of accommodate them. you got to beat them. You know? And um, so that's going to be a big argument. I kind of look forward to that argument in terms of I like those kinds of arguments. But that, that'll be big and ugly. You know, if, if, if you know, Bannon honestly and sincerely believes that the worst people in the world are the people running the Republican Party and the sort of traditional conservatives who believe in less government and all that kind of stuff, Donald Trump has contempt for those people, and so we've got to have that fight. One of the things I find encouraging is that all of the Donald Trump mini-me's in these various primaries have done very, very, very badly, which suggests that people really like Donald Trump, the individual, 
but his ideas and his ideologies, such as they are, are not as popular as, as a lot of his biggest boosters claim. So I, I, let me take you off track here for a minute. Have you been following Alexander Dugan at all? I have not. Jonah, you and I need to spend 20 minutes off the air at some point. And, <laughs> um, uh, Alexander Dugan, look him up when we get off the air. Um, he is um, uh, one of Putin's advisors. He's the guy who paved the way for Crimea. He is uh, funneling money for Le Pen, uh, for the Golden Dawn, uh, into Austria, the Netherlands, Spain. Uh, he is he is also, um, uh, you know, Bannon said that Breitbart is the movement of uh, for the alt-right. Um, then they, then Milo got on and said, and here's the leader of the alt-right and the leader of the alt-right happens to be, um, Dugan's official English translator. It's a very tight web and they are, um, what he is, what he is calling for is a revolution here in America and a destruction of the parties. And a lot of the things that you're seeing now come from the alt-right and, and I think conservatives, have better wake up to this because this is a completely new way to look at very old hate ideologies. No, look, I, I agree with that entirely, and I, I've been trying to tell, I've been banging my spoon on my high chair for a while about this, is that a big chunk, of, I mean, obviously there's a lot of homegrown authentic, authenticity to some of these alt-right clowns, but some of it is uh, mischief by Moscow. I mean, it's just obvious yes. to me that it is. Putin yes. does this all over Europe, where he ignites sort of nativist nationalist movements because they have the tendency to destabilize, you know, collective security agreements, things like NATO, things like the EU, and all the rest. And it's the same playbook that he's done in Europe, and he's doing it here. And you know, Vladimir Putin is arguably the richest man in the world, and so for forget using state money, he could just you know write a personal check that would go a very long way for a bunch of losers yes. in their basements. So and, um, and so I think that's a, something that's, that's real and we have to pay attention to. We also need, you know, and this is, this is hugely important. I've had this argument with my friend Hugh Hewitt on air. People can go look it up. Um, this desire to blur the lines about what the alt-right is yes. um, is so pernicious and dangerous. People want to say, oh, it's just like disgruntled tea partiers and all the rest. No, if you actually read people like Spencer and all those guys at the American Renaissance and the identitarian movement and all this nonsense. By the, way, Spence, by the way, Spencer's wife, Spencer is the guy who's married to the official English translator. Well, there you go. Okay, so yeah. they, they believe that the one thing that unites this movement is racialism or racism. And white supremacy, either state-imposed or cultural or genetic or whatever. It's identism. It's totally different. <laughs> and but, so the thing is, if, you know, Hugh wants to make it sound, and some of my other friends on the right want to make it sound, David Horowitz wants yeah, to make it sound like this is just sort of like a really amped-up anti-establishment movement. It's not. It's not that. I'm all for being anti-establishment, you know, in some cases at least, but... These guys, they need to have a bright line drawn around them that, yes. you know, because what they're really after, if you take them seriously, it's not an alt-right, it's an alt-white. They want to teach normal white Americans to be racists. They want to teach normal white Americans to violate the, the, the principles of, of classical liberalism and see, other, see, 
see individuals as just simply representatives of races and nothing else. I am going to. That's not what American white people do, and that's not what they should do. Can I have you back on again? Because I'm out of time again. So, because I want to ask you about what uh, what happens if Donald Trump uh, wins? Is there a purge? Uh, It does the does Bannon. Uh, and people like him, do they now take that authority with the president and uh, purge people like you, people like me? I, I think they try. They certainly, you know, the, the, the pro-Trump people will be the new sort of pundit and, you know, entertainment aristocracy in Washington. And uh, that will be a real problem. And I think, look, the short answer to both of these questions about what if either of them win is that the living will envy the dead. <laughs> I will tell you this. Keith, my producer, came in and he said, I've got my new campaign uh, that I'm the person I'm supporting. And it's just a campaign poster for Giant Meteor 2016 slogan. Just of death last, yeah. last December. <laughs> yeah. Jonah's on this one. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> Just end it already. Um, all right, Jonah, thank you so much, and God bless you, and, and uh, stay safe, and thank you for all of the hard work that you do. Thanks, man, I appreciate it. You bet, Bye. you bet. Uh, LifeLock. Medical identity theft is a very big and growing problem. Scammers use your stolen driver's license and health insurance card to obtain surgeries under your name, prescription drugs, expensive medical services, and they bill it to you. They even use your hijacked identity to sign up for Medicare. Clearing your record. Can you imagine clearing your record with the government? Holy cow. That's why I have LifeLock. Other people can monitor your identity, not the way LifeLock does, um, but they also do not um, do more than just alert you. When you have LifeLock, they alert you and say, is this you having that surgery? You say no. Then they have a U.S.-based agent assigned to your case to help clean it up. I don't even want to know. I mean, I know how hard it is to clean up your record. I don't even want to know how hard it is to get your Medicaid or Medicare record cleaned up. LifeLock is there with you every step. LifeLock, the best identity theft protection available. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus sales tax. Go to LifeLock.com, 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK. 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership, 800-440-4936. It's 1-800-440-4936. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. And welcome back to the program. Real world example from what you we were talking to Jonah about. Um, Hillary Clinton becomes president, let's say. And we know this is a horrible future. (laughs) And she has her first big push for a crazy liberal policy, right? So my thought is, does this unite the right, as Jonah was kind of saying? Um, And let me give you a real world specific example of it. Hillary Clinton comes out and decides to push through. Her um, government-funded paid maternity leave that's guaranteed for women workers across America. Yes. Popular proposal of hers. She's going to come out and she's going to make it. She's going to make a hard push for it. Now, I think normally, uh, even even if it's uncomfortable, Republicans would come out and say, we don't have the money for this. 
we have to keep government small. We can't be guaranteeing things, put the, putting these pressures on taxpayers yes. and small businesses, blah, 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 blah. The issue with that is tonight, Donald Trump is scheduled to make a speech in which he also will propose government-funded paid maternity leave. So how do, how do the oh, same people don't. who have been you mocking don't. a proposal like that for years and are now all of a sudden on board with it, if Hillary proposes it after this, do they go back against well, it? Well, it, it is exactly the problem we faced for the first four years of Barack Obama. Oh, really? You don't like health care? You guys did prescription drugs. Where were you on the prescription drugs? Well, we were saying something. We weren't the main voice that was being heard by any stretch of the imagination at the time. And so, and, and the right folded. Where were you? Oh, you don't like Common Core. Where were you on, uh, uh, not race no child the top, left but behind. no child left behind? Well, I wasn't standing there with George Bush and Ted Kennedy, that's for sure. We have to find and um, put this needle through, uh, put the thread through the needle. And that is, that is very, very difficult to do. But I'll tell you, we have a plan, and it is not a new plan. It is the oldest plan. It's a 2,000-year-old plan, if you will. And it started on 9-12, our serial about the 9-12 project and what that movement was really all about. Different than the Tea Party. Next. We are the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Since Ronald Reagan, American conservatives have been waiting, hoping, and praying for a constitutional conservative candidate for president to rise up and run for office. But even as the Democratic Party continued to veer wildly to the left, the Republican Party seemed to veer the same direction. The right was fed a steady diet of moderate, milk toast, big government Republicans like George H.W. Bush who gave America a massive tax increase after promising no new taxes, and mega-moderates like Bob Dole, John McCain, and Mitt Romney. In addition to not being conservatives, all four had something else in common. They all lost to a progressive Democrat, the one Republican in the past 24 years who managed to win the presidency, George W. Bush, gave us Medicare Part D, tried to pass comprehensive immigration reform or amnesty for illegal aliens, oversaw the imprisonment of two border officers who tried to stop an illegal alien drug dealer they shot in the butt, and, as he put it, I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But perhaps no one on the right ever expected the kind of candidate the Democrats put forward in 2008, one who had been raised and mentored by communists who, in his own words, preferred the company of Marxists. To avoid being mistaken for such a sellout, I chose my friends carefully. The more politically active black students, the foreign students, the Chicanos, the Marxist professors and structural feminists and punk rock performance poets, 
Conservative Americans were shocked by these revelations about their potential president. The left ignored or excused it. Some claimed that even if he had those beliefs in college, he didn't now. Except that he showed us during the campaign, in an unguarded moment, that those beliefs were still in place when he cited his belief in the fundamental Marxist principle of redistribution of wealth. I think when you spread the wealth around, it's good for it. That line was part of a much longer conversation of Obama justifying to a successful plumber how he had planned to take more money from him and give it to someone else. To so many Americans, Obama's policies weren't just wrong-headed. They were devastating to the country as it was founded. Rick Santelli of CNBC famously exploded over Obama's plan to pay for some Americans' mortgages on the backs of other Americans in a rant widely considered to have given birth to the Tea Party. This is America. How many of you people want to pay for your neighbor's mortgage that has an extra bathroom and can't pay their bills? Raise their hand. How about we all? Uh, President Obama, are you listening? How about we all stop paying our mortgage? It's a moral hazard. <laughs> this is like mob rule here. I'm getting scared. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm a... Don't, you guys Don't get scared, get some Joe. Bricks and They're bats. already scaring you. You know, Cuba used to have mansions and, and a relatively decent economy. They moved from the individual to the collective. Now they're driving 54 Chevys. Maybe the last great car to come out of Detroit. They're, they're driving them on water, too, which is a little strange to watch. Uh, at, there at you time. go. Hey, Rick, how about the notion that Wilbur pointed out you can go down to two percent on the mortgage. You can go down to minus two percent and still have forty percent and still have forty percent not be able to do it. So why are they in the house? Why are we trying to I keep mean, them I in know the house? Mr. Summers is a great economist, but boy, I'd love the answer to that one. Jason, Jason, you want to? We're thinking of having a Chicago Tea Party in July. All you capitalists that want to show up to Lake Michigan, I'm going to start organizing. Meanwhile, Glenn Beck decided to show Americans they weren't alone and that we could band together in groups of like-minded Americans to make a difference if principles and values were at the core of the movement. Like the voices of our leaders and special interests and the media, they're surrounding us. It, is, it sounds intimidating. But you know what? Pull away the curtain. You'll realize that there isn't anybody there. It's just a few people that are just pressing the buttons and their voices are actually really weak. The truth is, they don't surround us. We surround them. This is our country. What sprang from all this was something Glenn called the 912 Project. The answers have never come from Washington. We weren't told how to behave that day after 9-11. We just knew it was right. It was the opposite of what we feel today. Let us find ourselves and our solutions together again with the nine founding principles and the 12 eternal values. This is the 9-12 Project. The movement, Glenn believed, had to be based in principles and values. Specifically, these nine principles. Number one. America is good. Number two. I believe in God and he is the center of my life. Number three. I must always try to be a more honest person than I was yesterday. Number four. The family is sacred. My spouse and I are the ultimate authority, not the government. Number five. If you break the law, you pay the penalty. 
Justice is blind and no one is above it. Number six. I have a right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, but there is no guarantee of equal results. Number seven. I work hard for what I have and I will share it with who I want to. Government cannot force me to be charitable. Number eight. It is not un-American for me to disagree with authority or to share my personal opinion. Number nine. The government works for me. I do not answer to them. They answer to me. And these 12 values. Number one. Honesty. Number two. Reverence. Number three. Hope. Number four. Thrift. Number five. Humility. Number six. Charity. Number seven. Sincerity. Number eight. Moderation. Number nine. Hard work. Number 10. Courage. Number 11. Personal responsibility. Number 12. Gratitude. These were the traits Glenn believed America exhibited on 9-12-2001. The day after we were awoken from a deep sleep to find that 3,000 of our loved ones and fellow Americans had been slaughtered. The feelings that Americans had in the immediate aftermath of 9-11 quickly faded away replaced by mistrust, division, and lies. Things had gone so far in the other direction that when Glenn pleaded for his fellow Americans to join him and became emotional over it, nothing but mockery ensued. The real power to change America's course still resides with you. You are the secret. You're the answer. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just love my country. And I fear for it. Reactions like this from the far left were typical. But that was the mo- the worst fake crying I've ever seen. Three different times within a span of three minutes. How absurd is that guy? How fake was that crying? Leftists who have never felt the deep love for this country Glenn and other Americans have can't comprehend the emotion. He kept going and listeners responded. Until, a few months later, there was a 9-12 gathering show on Fox News, with 9-12 parties held all over the nation. No matter where you are, from our studio audience here in Midtown Manhattan, to the sidewalks outside, to the people all over the country, just a few blocks away in Times Square, where there are people of viewing parties, they're holding regular Regular viewing parties started with people and by people, just regular people like you, like Joyce in Melbourne, Florida, whose party grew so large that she moved it from her restaurant to the parking lot outside, to the gatherings in Noah's in South uh, Jordan, Utah, to homes in Golden Valley, Arizona, and Brewer, Maine, to the garage bar in Columbus, Ohio, and virtually every small town and big city in between in this great nation. There are people gathering in ranches in Texas, where some familiar faces have gathered to watch the show to military bases in Iraq where real heroes have gathered the movement would prove wildly successful and spawn multiple huge in-person gatherings in the coming years we'll take a look at those next time Glenn Beck this is the Glenn Beck program you know I have to tell you sometimes we forget we forget the ground we have covered. We forget the amazing things that you as an audience have done, that you have done as a a parent, as a citizen. Remember how lost we were. Mm -hmm. I'm just watching Mm because if you're just listening to us, 
the serials are also for video for the Blaze TV. And so I'm looking up at the monitor and I'm watching this video and I'm seeing these crowds. I had forgotten about all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were huge gatherings all over the country. And then, uh, was it 9-12 on 2000... Uh, I don't know, when was it? Was it 2009? 2009, I think. Where... Yeah, because no, 2010 was Washington. 100,000 people gathered... Oh, I think there were more than that. that. Yeah, it was... Remember, Fox wouldn't let me go. Right. And they weren't going to cover it. And, um, and uh, they said I couldn't go down to Washington. And if I went... They would get no coverage. And I said, how about if I just cover it myself on Saturday and you give me right. a three-hour show and let me cover it? And they allowed me to cover it for those three hours. And that was really the only coverage that it got. Pretty amazing. Pretty yeah, amazing. It is. Now this. When historians look back at this time period, they will ask... Did people know that they were printing money? Did, they, did the central banks know that super low, uh, super low interest rates and asset purchase programs would run out of steam? They will ask, did the American people see headlines like this? Did the market just enter another crisis? Uh, sorry, you can't have your gold. A story about how banks are not going to give you your money back. Um, Think tanks warn that Australia is six weeks away from a housing collapse. Uh, Jim Grant rejects Rogoff's curse of cash, warns government wants to control your money. Tent cities full of homeless people are booming in cities all over America as poverty spikes. No one pays attention. We're going to ask, how did people miss these? My answer, honestly, is the fog of partisanship. We are so busy arguing not him, not her, that we're not actually seeing what's going on. It is the ultimate misdirection. And we are going to pay a very heavy price. I am not telling you something that I haven't told my own kids and I haven't told my own wife and we have sat down as a family here recently. I believe this next president is going to be, I'm sorry, is going to face same kinds of problems that Abraham Lincoln faced, that we are going to want to tear each other apart. He's going to face, or she is going to face, the same kind of thing that uh, FDR faced with financial crisis and joblessness. Do we go socialist? Do we nationalize the banks as both of these people want? Or do we stay the course and help each other out? The only way we can stay the course is if you are prepared, and that is financially and spiritually. There's nothing you can buy to prepare spiritually. You're on your own on that one. However, when it comes to financially, 10% of what you have, even if it's very little, 10% of what you have in your 401k, in your IRA, in your bank account, 10% have it in physical cash that you are holding. That's the thing about the banks. Do you know that if the banks, if there's declared a bank holiday like FDR did, it's in the Patriot Act now that the uh, Department of Homeland Security will have to be present in all bank vaults 
So if you're going into your safety deposit box, they will have a right to see what's in your safety deposit box, and you won't be able to take certain things in and out of the bank. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, you didn't know that. You also probably didn't know that the bailout is a thing of the past because most of the banks have already rewritten their bylaws, and you got it in your fine print. Ask your bank for it. I didn't know that. I'm really concerned about that. Yeah, they they will give you the haircut. They will have a bail-in. You have money in the bank. They can just take it and use it to bail out their situation. Nobody believes that can happen. Oh, it's going to. I, I read another story today. We are... Ten times worse? I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, Really much, much worse than we've ever been before. If you look at the stock market and you look at the number of, of, uh, what do you call it, um, wagers, when you're you're putting down money on the stock market but you've borrowed money to to get it, what is it called? Calls. Yeah, margin. The margin, the stock that is on margin from huge institutions like the banks, off the charts. Which means if the stock market corrects, they've got no money for those margins. And it's, it's going, going to collapse. It has to. It's going to collapse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it has to correct itself. It's built on nothing. And their margins are so big, it will wipe out your savings. Please, for the love of Pete, please call Goldline. 1-866-465-3546. That's 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Want to see Glenn live? If you're coming to Texas, you can. Join us at Mercury Studios in Dallas for a taping of Glenn's television show. To reserve your seat, email tickets at glennbeck.com with your information. That's tickets at glennbeck.com. Mercury. Do you hear, Pat, I just have to apologize on the body double thing. The body double thing became so big yesterday that the woman who is the body double yeah. had to actually tweet and say, check my geo, uh, my GPS location, my, my uh, geolocation. I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, you're okay. Like, we, Told you. Well, of course, she's in Los Angeles yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> it was the day before when she was outside here. We're supposed apartment. to believe her geo, <laughs> right? They can't change that. Did you also see that in the Chelsea's? and she does? I mean, I mean, yes. Yeah, Thank she you. does yes. kind of look like her a lot. But, but what would have happened if she would have fallen? Somebody would have shot her. Then, then what? Oh, that was that wasn't body yeah, double. I'm, I'm up here. I'm a, I mean, Isn't that what they're for? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's really what they're for. Go right? get shot. Well, yeah, yeah in case something so. happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, that's got to be good pay in order to yeah, stand in case I take the bullet for Yeah. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, a couple things, uh, some 
famous celebrity kind of stuff. Uh, yesterday, Angelina Jolie. She uh, was speaking in front of uh, Parliament, and she took Barack Obama apart and said he is empowering ISIS and radicalized Islam. And she told some pretty horrific stories, and it's worth listening to. Also, on the uh, celebrity or on the, um, uh, the cultural front, a new book is being released today. It is Michael Vey, Fall of Hades. And its author, Richard Paul Evans, joins us right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Richard Paul Evans is a guy who's had, I don't even know, 25 number one New York Times bestseller, something like that, more? More? 32 bestsellers. 32, okay. Well, excuse me. So anyway, uh, 32 bestsellers, uh, and and Michael Vey is a series that he, he brought to me uh, because everybody was turning him down and saying, what is this? Um, it's not dumb enough to be a, a, a young adult fiction book. Um, and uh, he said, Glenn, would you read it? And I said, my gosh, Richard, this is exactly the kind of stuff we're looking for. This is the kind of stuff we want to get into, into families' hands um, because it is a really great story um, it's a series. My son and I have been reading him from the beginning. Is this book six? Book six, yes. Book six. Um, and it is a story of a kid with Tourette's and kind of, um, you know, kind of in the loser category, if you will, not the popular club. Uh, him and his friend, uh, who's, uh, who knows a little bit of everything and, and is kind of a, uh, it loves food. Uh, uh, and they get wrapped up into something that is um, of international scope, and um, and they come together, and it is truly a remarkable series. Um, Rafe and I are reading. I think we're at page, we're at chapter fifty eight now. Or we're right at the we're right at the point where they're going to take the island. You don't um, and you don't want to stop. We don't want to stop. When you sit, Rafe, down, when you sit down and don't let anything interrupt you, because oh, Rafe, <laughs> Rafe said to me last night. He was like. Please, Dad. I'm like, you were falling asleep, literally falling asleep during dinner and uh, doing his homework. And I said, we can read some more. If you finish everything, you wake up enough. We can read some more uh, of tonight. He finished his homework. He finished his dinner. And then he came in and he was wide awake during it. And I said, you were falling asleep, brother. One more chapter. And uh, uh, so we read about four chapters last night. And it's, it's just a tremendous, tremendous read. And I wanted to say... As a dad, thank you for giving me some of the best memories with my son. Um, I have now had six summers where I have, we have waited for the next one to come out. We have talked about it coming out. And then we have spent nights together reading it. And it will be one of our fondest memories for the rest of our lives. And I mean that sincerely. Thank That's you. That's beautiful. Thank you. So tell me how it's how it's going? You know, what you just said, it just reminds me, I received one of my favorite letters of my career 
a man had come to my um, launch party for the Michael Vay book. We had almost 3,000 kids at the launch party. By the way, this is not a kid's book. It really isn't. Um, uh, this, is, this is written. You will read it, and you I, will enjoy I, I, I yourself. I think at least probably about 80% of the parents had read the books with their kids. I wondered if... Really high. I wondered if uh, Rafe was going to be interested this year. It's been six years. It's been six seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered, you know, at the beginning, I was, you know, having to stop and kind of explain a little, you know, he's 11. Um, and so he was, he was, you know, uh, six when we started. And so it, it, that's really young, young yeah. for this book. Um, so I had to explain it. And I thought, has he grown out of it? I worried this year. Is he going to grow? And I said, you know, Vay's coming out in about a month and a half. And he's like, are we going to get it early? Can we get it early? And uh, and so we've been reading it, and he still he just loves it. But I do too. And I thought if he wouldn't read it this year, I was going to read it myself because oh, I love that was, it. That was the problem initially. We had more adults reading it than than kids. kids. That, that, I mean, my book signings looked like my normal book signings, but they had brought a few of their kids. Yeah. So, but I was going to say this: this father, the book signing, he wrote me this beautiful letter. He said, "My son has Aspergers, and he 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 struggles with making friends. So he's very lonely, and sometimes he's depressed." He goes, every time he's depressed, he goes back and rereads Michael Vay. He says, you have put a smile on his face for years. They are, um, they make the, um, uh, they make it cool to not be a cool kid. You know what I mean? The characters make it cool not to be the cool kid and to have more depth and more respect. And uh, I'll tell you, um, you know, because I know you see the same movies I do, and you see people trying to get into the culture and change the culture. And usually people come in with a mission, and they blow it every time because they make them preachy or they make them whatever, and they're trying to teach lessons. At no point do I have I felt that any of these are trying to teach lessons. They just do. You know, there, there's. A, did you, when you're writing these, do you think, well, I want to make sure this kid is teaching this kind of quality. Now, I write, I'm a storyteller. I, I, I want the stories to be really powerful. To me, Michael Vay has a meaning that few people have understood. Yeah. To me, it's a very spiritual book, and that's how I actually primarily see it. But not many people have actually caught that. Most kids just read it. And, I mean, I'm, here I am. I mean, I'm a Christian, and here I am. Um, I'm watching. I'm doing a Skype in Saudi Arabia, and the, and the teacher comes on. She says, this is the most popular book in our school. And the kids come up. They're from Syria. Saudi Arabia? And the kids come up. One's from Syria, Pakistan, Iraq. I'm, just, I'm watching this going, holy cow. It's like, do they know what the book's really about? <laughs> it's like, and they're, they're going on. They really knew the book well. And, and they said, we love Michael Bay. And I thought, this is fascinating. This is kind of, you know, it's the difference between um, Lord of the Rings and uh, Narnia. I was just we're, thinking the same thing. Yeah, because yeah, you've Tolkien, read all those, Tolkien right? always thought... Tolkien always thought that C.S. Lewis was too overt. And maybe this isn't where you were going with this. but oh, it is. And so he wanted to make his writings more subtle and, and, and the, just have the underlying theme right. be God. And, and, and I go back and forth and debate which one was right because I can read Narnia. If I could combine the two, because you really have to look mm-hmm. at Tolkien yeah. To really actually find the Christianity in right. it. You know what I mean? I actually saw a battle on, on one of my posts, on a trailer post. Someone saying, I love the book and the Christian message. And someone wrote, this is not Christianity at all. 
and they're going back and forth in this battle. There's no Christianity in this. And it was fascinating. Did you jump in? Uh, no. Or you just watched it? I just watched can it. You talk about, can you talk about what the, what, how you see it as a spiritual book? I'd rather not. I'll take that as a no. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean... I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you this, and this is probably the most I could possibly say, is the cover of this book is, to me, is Christ climbing the cross. When I look at that, that's what I see. I see cavalry right here. That's what it means to me. Mm. And some people won't understand that, some, and it doesn't, doesn't matter. Because I have... The fact is, the messages and who Michael is and the love he has and the loyalty he has is important for everyone. I remember a school teacher saying to me, wow, this is really intense. It's kind of scary, but the kids can't put it down. I'm having kids. She had a kid go from an F to an A because the whole quarter was based on English, was based on this book. He memorized the book. He he's, hasn't read a book as long as I've known him. And uh, she goes, but the, the strangest thing, he loves his mother. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. really? It's like, you actually come out and say he loves his mother. It's like, yeah, most boys do love their mother. Yeah. You know, it's like, but it's, it's not like, cool to love your mother. But it's, but it's like, Michael, the thing is, and then someone said with this book, um, one of my employees was reading early on, and she only read the first, like, 30 pages. And she goes, I don't know if I like it. I go, really? She goes, Michael's gotten hard. Of this one? Yeah, she goes, he's starting to get hard. And I said, oh, I don't think so at all. I, I said, he hasn't changed who he is, but look what he's been through. In some ways, Michael Vay is about it, is a coming-of-age story. And so what Michael is coming through, he's come through some hard things. But the truth is, yeah, he, he's becoming stronger. But he is just as loyal. He is I will tell you that the, the other thing I appreciate with this is, as a father and son, this has had opportunities for me to talk with Rafe about girls, which is always awkward with father and son. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, like last night, last night, let me see if I can find this part. Hand me the book for a second. Last night I was reading it to him and, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, we were talking about the, 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 um, how they, uh, shoot, um, how they, um, uh, how they were getting ready and then, he um, is hanging out with Tara uh, and uh, or Taylor, yeah. and they are, um, you know, they love each other clearly, and it's always very, very appropriate. And it has been an appropriate over six years. It's been an appropriate growth of their relationship, and it gives me an opportunity as a dad to be able to talk to him about appropriateness with girls and how he treats her and you know the other girl that is coming into the scene and and how that makes you know taylor feel and how michael might be feeling and how guys don't get it when they you know a girl might like might like them they just blow that off they don't even see it but girls will see it right away. Well, the fact that Taylor can read people's minds. Would you, yeah, would yeah you, I know. I know. She, goes, I know. She, I know. she says she likes you. I know. He's like, no, he, she does. He's he like, does. No, I can read her mind. Yeah. Yes, she does like it. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, the, um, uh, he has Tourette's, and for anybody who doesn't know, you and your son have Tourette's. Yeah, and you know, and, and there's a camera right on me right, right now, and it's like when I, I, I see myself, it's like, man, I twitch a lot. I thought it was pretty hidden. I was watching this video of me. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm twitching like crazy. Uh, yeah, I have. I, I I don't swear. I don't have coprolalia, but I have a lot of twitches. I've had more than twenty different um, 
ticks, and I also do have some vocal, but I not since I was younger. You had um, a tick when we first met that you you like to spit in celebrities' faces. Well, that's still there. <laughs> the impulse. Yeah. I, was, I was telling you I was in the Oval Office. I in the Oval Office again. It's like, and I'm standing in front of President Clinton, and the impulse is to spit in his face. Unfortunately, I had my lovely wife Carrie there, and she stepped forward and talked to him. I actually turned and had to walk away because I'm biting my tongue. It's like, what? This is so bizarre. But it's it's Tourette's. You know, it's just Tourette's is a very. And your son has it. And Michael has it. Michael has. That's why I wrote the book. I wanted people to. I, I wanted people to understand that we're not weird. We're just people, and we have things. You know, we act a little bit different. And and I thought, man, if Harry Potter had Tourette's, then Tourette's would be the coolest thing in the world. And Michael, they started to do that. I had a teacher in South Carolina write me and say, a kid came up to her and said, why couldn't I have been born with Tourette's? Some people have all the luck. Oh, my gosh. And when I heard that, I thought, thank goodness. And I had a, a young woman come up to me and throw her arms around me. She was crying. She goes, I just love you, Mr. Evans. I go, why? She goes, I have Tourette syndrome. I don't know why someone would make fun of something that hurts. And she goes, maybe it'd be better if I was in a wheelchair. But they, make fun, they used to make fun of me, but now they're all Michael Vay fans. So now they think I'm cool because I'm in his club. She goes, you've made my life a lot better. That, that stuff, you know, that kind of stuff... I'm, I'm getting more and more of that. I'm getting these letters of gratitude from parents. And I just kind of want to scream out. It's like, if you're not giving Michael Vay to your kids and your, and your grandchildren, why? I, I, it, it stuns me because we get thousands of letters saying, our life is better. My kid, you know, a woman came in, my kid's been bullied for three years. Michael Vay got him through school. I mean, the letters we get are, are so amazing. I've been writing for more than 20 years, but the letters off Michael Vay blow everything else out of the water. No, I just want to say, why aren't you seeing this? Why? It's oh, tremendous. Yeah. So it's, it's tremendous. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's more than 2 million copies in print, so it's obviously it's doing well. Yeah. It's, and you, you, you start from the beginning. If you don't know Michael Vay, it's uh, number six, Fall of Hades, comes out today. Um, but it is a tremendous series. Cannot recommend highly enough that you pick this book up. Uh, and you um, and you share it with everybody you know, and read it with your kids. You'll love it, and they will love it. Uh, and honestly, this has been this has been my Harry Potter for for me and Rafe. And I know what Harry Potter was like for my daughters with with their mom. Uh, and this is my Harry Potter, and build new memories that will never ever go away. And read uh, Michael Vay. Fall of Hades is available everywhere, or you can start with, uh, what is it, cell number Prisoner 25? Prisoner of cell 25. Yeah, cell 25. Um, thank you. My pleasure. Thank Got you. It. Okay, Richard Paul Evans, Michael Vay. Our sponsor this half hour, cash deposits are nearing uh, zero now for the, um, for the interest rates. In places like Japan, uh, and I think think Germany, it's now below zero. So it means they're taking money. For you to keep your money in the bank, they're taking it. And I have a story here. I have to get to this. Uh, Sorry, you can't have your gold. Uh, There's a story that I read yesterday. More and more banks are becoming one of the more risky places to store wealth in any form. Um, uh, They've made removal of your deposits increasingly difficult in uh, in addition to colluding with governments to allow them to legally freeze or confiscate your money. To add insult to injury, they're creating reporting requirements with regard to contents of safety deposit boxes and restricting what can be stored in them, again, at risk of confiscation. Most people don't know what's coming, um, but uh, there is a... um, 
the government, the treasuries need your money and they are going to take your money. And that is why safes are becoming such a big deal over in Europe, in, in Japan. You can't even buy one. They, everybody is taking them because the banks have changed. Get, get a safe before everyone else is standing in line for one. Liberty Safe, number one for a reason. They're tough. They survive. Dynamite blasts, drop them from 200 feet. We have seen them in houses that have burned to the ground. The only thing standing is the chimney and the safe. We have seen them picked up by a hurricane and, and thrown across the street. Still, everything is fine inside. LibertySafe.com. Click on my picture and type in the promo code Glenn, and you'll save up to $250. Right now, they have rebates of up to $250 on Liberty Safes. Limited time only, best made safe on the planet. Go to LibertySafe.com. LibertySafe.com. Use promo code Glenn and save up to $250. bucks. you are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. I will be Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, there's a couple of... Uh couple of changes that I want to uh, want to point out. One is kind of sad for us, uh, and one is uh, really exciting. Uh, one, we have... Um, please let it be Jeffy. Please let it be Jeffy. Please let it be Jeffy. Uh, the really exciting news is Jeffy has, uh, has terminal leprosy. Yay! He'll be leaving wow. us as soon as we can get his head to fall clean off. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> Let's brush him out. Um, but... Uh, um, Jason Howerton, who has been with The Blaze for almost five years, almost since the beginning, I think. Wow, yeah. um, he now lives here in uh, Dallas. He is, honestly, uh, if it wasn't for Jason, um, the, I don't know that the newsroom would have held together like it did through all the changes that we are, we're making. And we're just starting to rebuild. Um, and um, it has been, it's been hell for the people in, in the newsroom um, over the last two years, absolute hell. And they have done an exceptional job. And Jason has been leading that charge in many, many ways, uh, and has been on the phone and been at work in the middle of the night, um, getting things done. And I snapped the other day. Um, what was it? We we were reading something and somebody was just saying that we were going to fold and, and everything else. And, and now that Jason is leaving, we're going to fold. And, and I snapped and I, uh, ugh, I just can't take stupid people anymore that write for stupid magazines, uh, hit pieces. But um, anyway, um, so I apologize to Jason for that. But Jason is leaving us, has been planning on leaving us for, um, for a while. And it makes me sad that the time is finally here. Um, especially because he has been so good and so gracious and really has helped hold this team together. Uh, and also because of the really exciting news, we have Leon Wolf joining us from Red State. And Re- uh, Leon is uh, the new editor-in-chief uh, for The Blaze. Uh, for anybody who is expecting us to fold, um, no, we just hired a new editor-in-chief. 
Um, and he is he's exceptional and really gets it and has done a great job at uh, at Red State. And we're excited to have him here. I just wish I wish Jason would have been around uh, because he has truly been exceptional. And Jason, we wish you all of the best of luck and thank you for your friendship, first and foremost, but also for all of your hard work here. Back in a minute. Mercury. Uh, the president is vetoing the bill that will allow people to sue Saudi Arabia. Not a surprise there. Um, I think every, I think it, it should be. It should be. It but, should it, be. but it isn't. Um, unanimously in the Senate, and I think the House too. So this is unanimous. Unanimously. Are they going? To, wow. Did are every, they going to overturn his veto? The word is yes. They don't. They don't vote unanimously on anything. On anything. They're anything. Naming naming buildings. The sky there. is blue. No, you get ninety eight to two. That makes me worried about this. Why? We have enough people. We have one person in Congress that you know would like to see us crash and burn. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be one. What you got? Everybody on board for this? Oh, so the answer Not to their one person. Yeah. Uh, if you're vetoing or if you're voting against bills that allow 9-11 victims to sue the perpetrator of this, there's mess? no there's no member of Congress that represents, uh, you know, a suburb of Detroit or or some other place, some place in Virginia where there's a lot of Saudi Arabian power and influence. There's not one. Well, every senator represents his entire state. Oh, he said so. House was also unanimous. Yeah, House and Senate. Just kind of amazing. Unanim- Did only like six people show up in the house. There was yeah. only the six people. No, it was uni- they were unanimous voice votes. Um, so, oh, okay. Um, but he, oh, I mean, okay. So, okay. Obama's um, opposition to this is he's saying now every business in Saudi Arabia that's an American business doing business there is going to get sued by. <laughs> yeah, people. we always hear. Yeah, that. See, that's why it's say, it makes. Uh, that's why I say though it makes me cautious. Is this something that's going to come back and bite us in the butt with oil or or some you know no. Exxon Mobil or you know I, I don't know. I'm not up on it, so I don't know. It's just when it's just, everybody is in lockstep. I'm really not either, but I'm going to say no anyway. Wow. <laughs> I mean, really? Don't you don't you throw that here. caution to the wind a little bit for the 9-11 victims? I mean, that's the problem. I, think, I do. Right? I mean, like, yeah, I, I think, think you're you right, and I think that's why it's a it's a, a unanimous vote. But yeah. you wonder if there's something that's that's in there that is going to be problematic. Again, I, well, yeah, they could they could do something with our bases. They could tell us we can't be based there anymore. They could. You know, they could uh, withhold oil from us, which we don't really depend on from them anyway. But they could raise oil prices. We could get into some price war. I mean, there are things that Saudi Arabia can do, but it's just a matter of who do you care about more? Do you care about what the Saudis do or or do you care about protecting the the 9-11 families? 
Can I, can I change the subject here on, um, you know, one of the things that has to be destroyed about America is just our opulence and our wealth and our grotesque lifestyles and everything you, else. Finally somebody said it. Somebody's finally saying it. Finally somebody. Um, that's why we need to be destroyed. Um, as, if, as if this is the only nation and we are the only people that have a, an attraction to wealth and you know, no one else on earth does it. Nobody else on earth does it. American. Even the, you know, hey, you look at those dictators over in uh, in uh, in Africa. They're all poor. They're all poor. They don't they don't they don't rob their people blind. Not at all. You know, this is an American problem. Anyway, this story has nothing to do with this mm-hmm. except to me. I came across this story yesterday. The most luxurious hotel ever built. 24-hour butler service, a Roman bath seating 6 to 8, and Rolls-Royce transfers. Okay. That's important. I I don't stay at a hotel without those features. The 200-room hotel, um, uh, each of of which $7 million is being spent on. Now, this is... Each of them is a $7 million room? They are all, listen to this, they are villas. They're not even rooms. They're villas. And the villas are 30,000 square feet villas. Okay? Wow. Room doesn't wow. do it justice. Suite doesn't either. Each room is a villa. Um, 30,000 square feet give you a sense of scale uh, in how absurd this is. All that of our is, homes could fit inside it. Right. This and then is, they'd have room left over. This is the size of Mike, Mark Wahlberg's entire Beverly Hills mansion. The entry-level villa, if you can afford that, comes with the following. 24-hour butler service, your own private elevator that opens directly to your suite, uh, a Roman bath that fits uh, fits six to eight, situated betwixt neoclassical columns under a vaulted Baroque ceiling, and a Christian crystal chandelier which can be covered over with a retractable marble floor. Good. A Baroque ceiling has always been incredibly important to me. Uh, I don't know why they would... I mean, fix it before you open it. That right. is brand new. Why put a broke one? No, in? I don't think that's. Anyway, um, so I'm looking at did. this. I'm looking at this. I mean, look at this picture. And this is just one. There was, and it looks awful. I, I saw oh, the pictures no, of crazy. them. The video, it looks the video absolutely off. It looks like a. It looks like a Trump. Like Trump threw up in it. It does. It does. It's terrible. Okay, it's way overdone. Yeah. However, one of these is in Macau, and the other one is in Dubai. Why did they put it in a cow? Because <laughs> uh, it's baroque. <laughs> you wouldn't put a uh, you wouldn't put one with a ceiling that wasn't baroque, right? right, right. I thought that's right. a lot of cow doing in this break. Anyway, so thank you. So anyway, so um, I saw this and I thought, if you think that America getting rid of America is going to even the playing field, have you missed the most luxurious hotel ever built? These guys are going to outdo us by factors of 10. Mm-hmm. At least there's shame in our culture. Some, some shame, some shame. Very, very little. Very little. Very little now. But that's amazing. But, every, every room is 30,000 square feet. Yeah, that's There's a, 200 of them? That's a uh, massive 30,000 square massive hotel. feet, blah, blah, blah. Each room is a villa. The largest oh. is 30,000 square feet. Oh, okay. Doesn't say what the smallest one is, but the smallest one, if you can afford that, the smallest one has the retractable marble floor. Right. 
So like, <laughs> it's not like you're slumming the Roman it. Bath. I think I think they all come with the Roman bath, which is good. Well, but I need to take Stank. a bath with more than Stank eight people. Someplace that I mean, who doesn't right. need to take a bath with more than eight people? Right. You know what I mean? That's a good mm-hmm. point. That's a point. When you want to get clean, you want to share that. Yeah, experience. you're like, hey, I, I need I, I need at least twenty people in the bath with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bath. That's a pool. It's not a bath, that's a jacuzzi. Which and makes, if it is a bath, it's disturbing. Right. And it's also one of those things that makes you rethink the whole experience of going into a pool. Because all that is is a large bath. Yes. You're just in a bath with other people. And yes. why am I doing that? I don't For entertainment. Know. That doesn't sound but like But if it's like if you're, if, you know, yes. the Roman bath thing has never sounded fun to me. Uh, me neither, Jeffy. No. Did you want to uh, address this? Because you, you brought it up un- unprompted. I'm just saying that every room has it, and if and I do disagree that it is disturbing. Because, I mean, why would you? How many times have you been yeah, in no, a wait, Roman wait. bath with others? I know you're big on Turkish. <laughs> number of times. <laughs> number, number of times? Time. Number of times. Now, you cannot count yourself even though others might as or as multiple more than one. Oh, than one. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and you know, all those great jokes were wasted on you in like the eighth grade. <laughs> we, we've we've been tossing around an idea on patents too uh, in the coming weeks. But we don't think we can do it. We don't think we can do it. But we're gonna we might try to do a an an insult Jeffy free day. I've taken. Oh, I've been on this bandwagon before, and you guys mocked me for it. I don't remember. Oh, we don't want to do it. You don't remember. Don't remember. Oh, there's a huge distinction here. You were doing it because you wanted to make him feel good, like some weird, like I'm having a turn, turning over a new leaf. We want to do it because it's just like a test of skill. It's a challenge. Like it's It's hard to do. We 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 so often, whenever I see Jeffy, I want to say something horrible about him or to him, (laughs) Um, and to to stop that impulse is difficult. So from just a like gymnastics, uh, well, we would have to also have rules challenge. to this. If we did this, we would have to have rules that you would have to engage him at least every quarter hour. So like you're, yes. you're trying you don't because it would be easy right. out of sight, out of mind. And just and, completely and that ignore. Put up not, a wall between us right. would be I mean, easy. Right. Well, a they're not a big enough wall, and getting him out right. of sight to get him out of mind requires that's at too, least was two rooms. Well, you'd have to stand behind the moon to get him out of fun of me. They made a recorded segment to make fun of me when I wasn't in the sure. building. Jeff, Jeffy, was on va- Jeffy was on vacation uh, a few weeks ago, so we pulled old footage of him reacting to something generically, and then we would just insult him and look over him, and he would, he would generically respond with his hand gestures. And as usual, he forgot to turn his mic on, so you didn't actually hear him. So huh. it really, it worked almost every time. And I think we could license that footage from Jeffy and save whatever minuscule salary you're paying him because that's really I'm all you need. Paying, he's paying me. He lives in the back, you know. Oh, wow. Oh, we right. got a trailer in the back and we just string some electricity his way. <laughs> you're using a real world situation. <laughs> I'm not. To make fun of him. It is a real world <laughs> situation. He's living in the back parking lot of the studios here. <laughs> that actually did happen, right? It actually so, did happen. Yeah, story you, I believe told yes. before. I, I think have we told that? Uh, don't know. And uh, working in the wacky at a former radio station. Yeah. Yes, uh, we we don't have to give details on this. No, it was it was it was it was a station that was it had an FM and an AM. It was purchased by Clear Channel, and so mm-hmm. I was part of the team that moved over there, and then had to help clean this up. And it was a station that had 
uh, developed some quirkiness. And okay. I believe we've told the story of the guy who used to take a shower in the bathroom, in the bathroom sink, sink right. and would sleep and standing up in the hallway. Right. And so when the lights were all off at four in the morning, because nobody was there, and I would come in and, and be the first in at like four, and I would turn the corner of the hallway, and oh, there's, there's, there's Bob, Bob. <laughs> standing there asleep. Asleep. It was in really the dark. bizarre. Okay, so really then weird. my first experience was uh, walking in, walking into the uh, engineering room and uh, talking to the engineers, and one of them had this dog that had one brown eye and one blue eye and looked like it was riddled with mange. And, and I remember I, I just, nobody recognized the dog. And then I went back to my, my office and I sat down in my office and the dog followed me and then stood in the threshold of my doorway, just looking at me with his blue eye and brown eye. Like, I'm coming for you. Tonight I'm coming for you. And then we had uh, another guy. We had the, the morning show host of the AM station lived in the parking lot of the radio station. And they just split the cable and the electricity and just ran it out to his trailer. To his trailer. And he just lived there. And that's nice if you could make that happen. Off the electricity. Of the, yeah, and oh, they no. did. They the did. the okay. station paid for his electricity. And, yeah, that's yeah. nice. And I think his phone hookup and yeah. his cable. Yeah, this is an interesting, crazy, fake, uh, crazy scenario, really, at a radio station. I remember going down to visit uh, Tampa and, <laughs> and Jeffy picking me up at the airport in the station vehicle, which he drove around for seemingly oh, months at years, a time. I drove a, co- <laughs> I drove a couple of those cars around for years. You he's, still, doing, he's, in, he's in Dallas, and his car still says WFLA. <laughs> WFLA Stormwatch. you got to promote it somewhere. And you never know when those storms will blow here. Thank you. You never know. You can stuff all up online now. You're good. He has made almost out, entirely out of pizza found in a conference room. Uh, of a radio station. That is our Jeffy. Mm-hmm. We love you. Mm. <laughs> that last part uh, was a little, yeah. Yeah, a little uh, too far. Opinions of, a... of Glenn Beck are not necessarily the opinions of right. Glenn Beck. Um, and now this. Who's protecting your home when you're away? From Jeffy. <laughs> See, this is not going to work. No, we're never going to get through a whole show. We're uh, going to try, though. We're gonna try your, when are we going to do that? Uh, we were thinking maybe Thursday. Mm-hmm. You can't just do that tomorrow. You don't want to pull that out tomorrow. Well, I need to, to exercise. Oh, we need to, yeah, there needs to be some mental. Is your family life. safe when you're not there? Should we do extra jokes on him tomorrow just to get it out of our I, system? I think probably so, right? I mean, yeah. like it's like if you want to have a big diet day, you maybe eat a lot the day before. Right. It's like Fat Tuesday, right? Isn't that when you binge? Okay. Well, every day is fat when it's Jeff. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, simply safe. I'm just getting warmed up. Just, just going to get into the flow of it. <laughs> We're doing this for you, by the way, Jeff. Yeah. This is the, oh this oh is, I see yeah. thank so, you you there you go you're, you're, you're welcome welcome finally some gratitude from you <laughs> now shut your fat face <laughs> monthly monitoring for Simply Safe is fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents a month no long term contracts right now Simply Safe um, uh, has a uh, special deal going on right now you get free shipping on your order and free keychain remote worth twenty five bucks uh, it's wireless there are no contracts there are no strings attached. Um, it'll save you a buttload of money. You own it so you can take it if you move to another home. You design it. Nobody's upselling you. I mean, the the benefits of Simply Safe are relentless. 
Go to simplysafebeck.com and find out all about it right now. Go now and you'll get the free shipping on your order and a free keychain remote worth 25 bucks. It's simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. <laughs> hey, um, I would like to, I would like to ask you um, uh, for some help. Um, Labor of Love is this amazing group of of people that um, have have started this service organization that is just remarkable. And one of the ladies that was involved in this was uh, Renda Acton, and uh, and still is involved. Um, she went in uh, for some pretty intensive chemotherapy today, and we're all thinking about her. We want her to know we're thinking about her, and we would like to ask if you would pray for her. Um, she, is, she has touched the hearts of so many people and has been instrumental in labor of love and in our life um, that we would ask that you would pray for her. Um, and also um, our good friend Dom Theodore, who is... Um, just going through some health issues right now and could really use uh, your prayers uh, as well. Um, that's it. We'd just like you to keep them in your prayers, if you will. Could we play that uh, piece of audio? Apparently, Hillary Clinton is much more ill than um, we thought. What? Uh, well, according is, to uh, ABC New York last night. Yeah, this is, this is the report from ABC New York last night. I'm Sandra Bullock. And I'm Joe Torres. We begin with the breaking news about Hillary Clinton's death. Hillary Clinton's wait. doctor. <laughs> wait, what? What? Wait, hold it. No, her health, not death, her health. <laughs> yeah, we really should have reported on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess uh, here we get this at the very last part of the show, and uh, man. I think he was trying to say doctor, and for some reason. Or health, but or he's health. been thinking, they may have been joking off the air that, is this woman going to even make it uh, for the election? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 